Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NXT Generation podcast for 30th of May. I'm Sam Smith and once again we're back in my flat and I am hosting this uh, shit show of shenanigans because poor, Chris Chopping's... Oh, someone's got to take one for the team. That is true. I'm always here to bring us through. I'm joined today with Drew Davis. Hi. Hi. How's, how's it going? <laughs> hi, hi, internet. <laughs> Hello, internet. Can you hear me? Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> uh... cool. I was... Uh... We were both at work earlier, so Drew came over to my workshop after work. We watched this episode of NXT while I had some very important drilling and filing and bending of metal pipe to do. Yeah, it didn't ruin the experience at all. It was, no. it, that was good. To be fair, of all the episodes of NXT that I could half pay attention to before recording a podcast, this one was ideal. Yeah, it really was. This was very much an episode for kind of having on in the background while you play a mobile game or, or saw Dowlings in half. It was good. You know what? <laughs> it, was, no, it was good. There, there were two... Good matches, but I just really feel like, I mean, one, it was for, like, Kishida at the beginning of his ascension, so some interesting fine. stuff in it. Yeah, it was fine. The other one was um, another match between Mia Yim and Bianca Belair. It was good, but it, 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 should we get into it? Let's, yeah, let, let's, yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah, cool. So it opened up with uh, Mia Yim against Bianca Belair. Uh, like I said, uh, later Again. on... <laughs> again, fine. Again, it's a, a running feud. I, it's that's good. This much like the Kushida Gulak match later, it felt like they were matches you'd have in as rest breaks, as dips in a pay per view. Yeah, yeah. In a taker, but because they insist on everyone having twenty five, thirty minutes for for takeover matches, and they don't want it to be longer than three hours and five matches. Yeah, which I can understand. We get treats like this on the weekly show. This was it was a fantastic match. Yeah, it it was a it was a really damn good match actually. Mia Yim is the the queen of weird pinning combinations. <laughs> really, really fucking good. Some stuff I've never seen before, which I'm always a fan of. Mm. Um, and they're, they're looking like they're signatures. Like it gives her a distinct style as yeah. opposed to just she's trying some wacky stuff against someone that can keep up. And all believable as well. Mm. Like you could have seen any of them ending the match. Um, I, I there's there's something that annoys me about commentators constantly calling people's real life martial arts credentials in it i i might just be suspect of it because of eric bischoff all those years ago and that's, that's understandable and his fucking gee and <laughs> but but yeah it was it was good um i i think that i wouldn't have been adverse to this being 10 minutes on the takeover at all just to open things up it's been a while since we've seen just a women's match that isn't for the NXT Championship on TakeOver. Yeah. As part of... Just because of a feud. A, because, because of a feud. Because it deserves a spotlight. Because of a feud of, hi, I'm Mia Yim, I'm new here, but I'm good from the indies. I'm Bianca Belair and I'm a bitch to everyone who's new. You know, it, mm. that, fine, natural, ready-made feud. Not only does that work... On the day they meet and you 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 get a match together, you 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 tie it up and it's a one and done. It also works because this has been going on for what feels like months now. Yeah, I think it's you, been, feels like you can do it again. Yeah, it's been about a month or two, and if you want to make it takeover worthy, you stick number one contenders on there. Perfect. You, yeah, yeah. You, you say these these two women. We've got Bianca Belair looking for one more shot at, at Shayna Baszler, and you've got Mia Yim, who is let's face it, probably the presumptive number one contender after this just based on kind of having i mean, I think it's who's first, left yeah who is left mm. L- literally who's left at this point um candice LeRae, but we'll get into her later um but yeah it's just yeah sticking on takeover i'm perfectly happy with this opening a takeover i'm also perfectly happy just watching it at one o'clock in the morning on a wednesday yeah like th- that's th- the fact that this doesn't feel like it was thrown away by being put on what we've already agreed was like a fairly soapy episode especially for a go-home episode of nxt very promo heavy yeah yeah which but is, nothing happened it, in the promos it no, was more no. recap recap clips yeah it was here's what's going on heading into takeover mm. Takeover this really snuck up on me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really like a surprise takeover almost. I think the first one. match was announced two weeks ago. Yeah. Three weeks ago. Yeah. But the, the again, brilliant work by the promo department of WWE making everything seem big. 
And they have a network special just dedicated to the the, the main event between yeah. Cole and Gargano, like a a a, a kind of sports center yeah. presented for, uh, thing that they were advertising between an, the match. An extended tail of the tape type deal. Yeah, but, very and much I, so. I think the last video package, um, kind of highlighting the feud, it seemed to be snippets from that. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like a condensed edit. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is one of the things I get excited for for the pay per views. Mm. And it's what sets them up differently to just like a title match on a Raw or whatever. Is that there is the presentation and there are the, these hype pieces, these very well produced videos, and you find yourself really ingrained watching them before the entrances, and it leads you into these matches really well. Yeah, I feel that we've watched two of them at least already. Oh yeah, I feel I think the, so. the Dream one and the the Cole Gargano one we've already seen. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you really need to fill six seven minutes of NXT? We could have had an actual, well, more of an actual match at the end. Could have had uh, Cassius Ono against Keith Lee. Yeah, <laughs> that would Please. have been nice. <laughs> that, that would all. That's always nice. That's a, a lovely thing to think of on a Thursday afternoon. Hashtag we're Keith to electric boogaloo. <laughs> um, uh, one thing we noticed in this match: the uh, the finisher, protect mm. your neck, sick Wu Tang Clan reference, bro. Uh, she used <laughs> she used Bianca's uh, hair. And we both like straight away went. She's going to use that. Yeah. She's going to use that as a as an excuse. Oh no, you used my hair to get a win. Like she hasn't been doing that since day dot. Yeah, which which is fine. That's the that's the story. She's used her hair against Yim in the past, so Yim is looking for it. That's good. That's... It looked fantastic as well. It, it did look after, really cool after doing an eat defeat as well with a, with a foot and then protect your necks with the knee, isn't it? I, I think so. I didn't know it had an actual name. I was just going to call it something like feed the knee. Feed the knee. <laughs> <laughs> No, Matt, if you can trust in anyone to be there with uh, snappy pop culture references on um, 90s rap tracks, it's going to be Mauro. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. He's got your pack. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, like I said, this was a very good technical match. They were a balanced pair of wrestlers. It made perfect sense. We know each other really well now. Yeah, so, and good. And managed to make things look different. Yeah. But done. And apart from taking her singles undefeated streak, if you want to argue that. Yeah, that's it, a good point. We haven't mentioned mean that at all. It didn't mean anything apart from just a, like a feud ender on, a, on TV. Yeah, and they didn't even mention the fact that it was like that Bianca mm. Belair is going into this undefeated in one-on-one action. Yeah, or at least still yeah. claiming. Uh, still claiming to be, yeah. But it, that should have been a bigger thing. And it's, but to be fair, Bianca's using that to get heat against herself. No, yeah. And now you should use it to redeflect the heat towards her in scorn. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the payoff is you get to laugh at the heel when they fuck up. Yeah, because I think she kind of needs to reposition herself as a heel because she's done that, that thing that, you know, you become so good at being a heel that people start cheering for you. Yeah. You need to redirect that and time on the way of doing that is by being a whiny prick about things. <laughs> yeah, by not, not accepting loss like you should. Yeah, yeah. It's worked for Cole. It's very much worked for Cole. In oh, the, yeah. In this run-up. Yeah, Cole's fucking master at it. Oh, yeah, I completely... Well, I don't take it back because I believed it at the time when I was saying about Undisputed Era, be it not really being heels. They were more kind of just like tweener arseholes. They're like, heels. But they're totally heels. They're, yeah, they're absolutely heels. I don't know. Gang of four dickheads. They're heels. Yeah, but like just having your mates help you out and trying to get what you want and be. If you do it with like a a, a little wink and a smile in your face and fancy little hand actions and a click in your heels, that doesn't make you a heel. Adam Cole doesn't do it like that. That's that's Kyle O'Reilly's character. Yeah. And to a certain extent, that's Bobby Fish's character. As in, we're helping out our dickhead mate. Oh, look at us bunch of jocks having a good laugh together. That's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. That is not Adam Cole. Yeah, but I still wanted them Adam to Cole, win. Adam Cole, say, Adam Cole calls himself Adam Cole baby because he thinks he's that good and he's willing to go to any lengths to stay that good. That, that good. In that position. And th- those lengths are, oh, I'll indulge these three pricks behind me. <laughs> so I say that, yeah, it's the, re- it's the rest of the Undisputed Heroes character. It's not Adam Cole's. Fair, uh, and as as the, the the leader of the gang should be a little bit more serious. Yeah. Uh, I, the point that I'm trying to make is that coming into this takeover, I want them to lose. I don't want them to, to win all three matches. Oh no, I, I it's don't want to sweep. Yeah, done. but you, ca- I don't believe you can legitimately cheer 
a heel stable that's that entertaining and is is setting up that position and genuinely want it. I'm not saying that they would have done a bad job of being heels by doing that, but they're doing a fantastic job now where it's like, that's you you are a shit show and I want to see it collapse. Yeah. You want to see the collapse rather than the build if they're heels. And the opposite of a face, you want to see the face win. Yeah. You don't want to see the face be in the also near every month. Unless it's Johnny Gargano. Because there's the end so result. Because well. there's the end result where he eventually overcomes. I'm still not over the amazing Johnny Heel work, see? I don't, I, I'm not buying <laughs> I'm not buying his face. I'm not buying the turn. I can't. He was too good at being Oh like that. he wasn't the perfect career he could have been a career face in NXT. He if the if they, he didn't have that what, six weeks of being a bit of a dick. Yeah. But he was just si- such good weeks of him being that dick that I'm now just thinking I don't think that's you like in in kayfabe terms in terms Mm. of it being a tv show with a story I don't think that's him I think that the real Johnny Gargano came out during those six weeks with Alistair Black so the true colours that little bit is the real him not everything beforehand and everything since ignore it it's a sham Tommy Champa was right Tommy not going to argue against a Sicilian bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, t- to be fair, we've completely gone off the point, but it brings uh, yeah. me back to Bianca Belair. Mm. She is a good heel, and I don't, I don't see her in the same tweener category as Undisputed Era because mm. I want her to see her get shamed. I want to see her fair. have be shown to herself that she's full of shit. Yeah, and I think this fair. they could have made more out of that. Oh yeah, def- definitely. Uh, next up was uh, the promo package for Dream against Breeze. The story that's been built up here is Breeze winning, right? I mean, that's that's what this is. You're you old and washed up, or you've had ideas above your station. You've now come back down here to prove yourself. So he needs to prove himself by beating Velveteen Dream. And if you I want don't... him to stay around, he needs to. Yeah, and... and are we assuming that? I mean, because of the the package and because of the presentation he's had, that he is back to stay, because that's how it feels. Yeah, I don't know you. To have him come back for one promo and one match and then lose and then go back to obscurity and Dream keep the belt mm. and just and still be treading water in NXT. Yeah. They're clearly scared of of ruining Dream before Vince ruins him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is a yeah, weird... Yeah, that's, that's what happens. And my worry is if you look at... Because you're right, this is a very well-balanced, well-matched match. Excuse the double use of the same word. Yes, yeah, it's, it's but the, it's if the you swap one... them, if if Breeze wins and then Dream goes up to the main roster, mm. and then they're just going to have the main roster version of Dream there, and you're going to look at it just like, oh, he's just going to replace Breeze. Yeah. That does not stand well for Dream at all. No, 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 not at all. Because I mean, Breeze is pretty much non-existent on the main roster for the past what three, four months since Fandango got injured. Since yes, yeah, since Fandango got injured, so it's not it's. Yeah, about five months. Yeah, it's timesing against zero. There's, it's not, it's replacing nothing. You're swapping out nothing with nothing. Nothing. So, I mean, I'm perfectly happy with them both coexisting because they are kind of the. You know, you can have two of the same character. I think with just that different spin, they're different enough to coexist. I would think. I but... think it would be a perfect best of three feud. Uh, keep it going. I think yeah, keep it going, and and also you have could them swap it around. You could have them swap it around. You could do what they like to do is do swaps on TV tapings. Yeah, and then you can then do the rubber match at. It was going to be Toronto, isn't it? Yeah, Toronto. The Summer Slam takeover with a stipulation. With a stipulate, loser leave ho- leaves home. Yeah, which or, or bizarrely just... lo- loser leave homes means go to the main, the main roster, roster yeah. like it's a punishment, or just sticking in a cage. Because I don't think we've seen Dream in that kind of situation. We saw him in the in, in, in the ladder match for the ridiculous the... elbow. Yeah, yeah, but we've never seen him one on one in a kind of stipulation no. match like that. So yeah, stick it in a cage, elevate the North American title a little bit with that kind of stipulation. Because I mean, is... it's been it's been out there what about a year now? Mm. North American title and nothing bad's happened. Nothing extraordinary. Well, the, 
that ladder match for it was extraordinary. I tell yeah, you. but straight away. But it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's not mid- a focal point of the show. It's very much like, and we have another belt. It's the it's the mid card workhorse title. That's great. Yeah, it's doing, else... doing a better job than the IC belt. Yeah, something else to build a feud around. Perfect. Right. It's exactly yeah. what belts are meant to do. So yeah, I'm, I don't I'm mind. Happy. I don't mind, and I don't think it matters who loses or wins this. I think you you have to catch in on the the week afterwards and see which which direction they go. Yeah. I don't want to watch this and be scared for either of them that they're going to go back. Yeah. <laughs> back, or, go to Raw and get fucking I'll, buried. Or go up because you know Vince has got no clue what to do with someone like Velveteen Dream. Not a, oh, also he probably doesn't even know who Prince is. Well, we've both uh, listened to the uh, Jericho podcast with Dean Ambrose. And if yeah. you consider Patrick in that position, mm. where he, you can see Patrick and writers in NXT coming with this stuff and it being written for him and him making it so that it works to his character and how he's developed this character over the years. Because like. he worked on this character like way back when he was on like Tough Enough. Yeah. And it was yeah. seen as a joke. Like, and now like, we are not laughing. No. But you can't, you because cannot throw, see him having that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah. can't. See, he he won't. He'll lose, he'll lose autonomy of his own character. Yeah, well, it's, it'll it's, be it's, dream with his pooper scooper, and it'll be fucked. Yeah, it'll be that, um, like Ambrose, uh, Ambrose, like Moxley said at the end. Mm. They say, "Oh, don't worry about developing your character. We got writers for you. We got this much storyline already mapped out for you. Don't worry about promos. We got guys to write your promos. It's fine." And I just really don't feel like that's what it is in NXT. In NXT, it is that whole... It's the the Heyman ethos. It's you turned up. Yeah. Oh, totally. But also, that is centralising such a huge part of the, the role of a character wrestler. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not a character wrestler, even you're just like, I'm a brawler. I'm uh, like a well, brawn still... kind of character. But you still need to be able to have your flair, your delivery. That le- mm-hmm. Like, even the slightest acting skills so it doesn't feel like you're just reading yeah. a script and and also just it's just the, gone if you do that and the ability to just improvise and latch on to something that the crowd likes to be yeah. able to move with them and if you've got a scripted promo in front of you and you've just got to plow through it with disregarding what's going on entirely or having been told oh this line's going to kill dude this is good shit and <laughs> then it turns out not to be good shit and you've still got to carry on with it. Mm. It's it's like you. It's like a stand up dying on stage, except that they oh, please, didn't. Please don't say that because I'm going to an improv stand up night after this, and I haven't performed <laughs> in a month. <laughs> so I Just hope not. Run out and hit one of them with a chair. It's fine. Yeah, it's that's fine. The, that's how it always works. Come out with a gas mask. Yeah, come out with a gas mask. Clown around. Or just fine. or just like chainsaw your way out of a box. <laughs> that's the way. While while a friend screams for that's you. You know. Tr- in all seriousness, though, like. From my experience of doing like improv, mm. thinking on your feet and just saying the first thing that comes out of your head and relying on your brain and the way you think and the way you speak on being entertaining to other people, mm-hmm. much like recording this podcast, is a skill that you, 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 ha- you can develop, but yeah. some people naturally have. Some people just don't. They freeze in that situation. Oh, yeah. And there, they should have more scripted promos, shorter well, promos. But like there are so many un- untapped talent on that on that roster, mm. who are f- fantastic character actors who don't get their opportunity because no. they just blanket don't trust anyone to improvise. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't get where that's come from. Vince? Because, control freak? Yeah, no, I mean, I get that it's come from Vince, but this is also the same guy who I invented the Stone Cold Steve Austin character and, well, not in- invented, but allowed the Stone Cold mm. Steve Austin character to develop, that allowed The Rock to develop. The Rock wasn't writing those promos. That no. was coming off of the top of the head. Oh, yeah. Or it was... He'd thought it through in the yeah, week after the show, but, he like, found he's... that that thing. You know, he found that little thing within himself. Then you say that you can't learn it. The Rock learned it. You know? It, it's there somewhere. It's somewhere in his character to, like, be able to talk. But, and, and I think this validates my point... The Rock has to find a way of having that character mm. that, in a way that's natural. And you yeah. can't be natural if you're trying to remember the, the yeah. next three lines and the important words. And you're not allowed to say strap. Yeah. And you're not allowed to say Be- shot. Yeah, and you're not allowed to say belt. You're not allowed to say wrestle. Um, you're having to talk about how you rode backwards on a unicycle or whatever shit uh. they gave marks. I'm um, going to give credit to the writers and the wrestlers every time I enjoy a promo. 
mm. oh, in yeah. consideration because it's, it's an impossible job. I can't think of the last time I did. Uh, it probably bro- involved Brian. You probably did. Probably involved Kev. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm quite enjoying watching Lesnar dance around <laughs> like a jerk. But that's oh, Brock Party. Brock Party's fantastic. Anyway, um, <laughs> I... well, we're halfway through our notes. So to be fair, like not a great deal happened of talk of of note not in really. this show. So uh, no. next up was a uh, just a, a flurry of little recaps and promos and bits around the women's division. It I've was... got no notes for this. It was. Um, Candice, Baszler, Io, all that stuff. Mm. Um, just in the middle to remind you there's a match. Right, yeah. Um, and then just um, the three horsewomen um, just be, just being Larry in an interview. Oh, and then walking the off. Promo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you were there just um, like, this This filled time, but this, this is stuff, stuff we know. But they they went through three or four different clips to do it. Yeah. They seem to put a lot of effort to to tell this story, which we already know. Yeah, it's it's the story that you have when you're up against Beersler. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. No. Um, the better bit came later, which I will skip to when um Io's been interviewed and Candice went to like cut her up in the middle of the interview. Oh, and then thanked take... her for having her back. I've got your back at takeover. And then just walked off. Yeah, with Io. Yeah. You know, disregarding the interview, was like, we had five minutes for this. And she's like, oh, I've got nothing else to say anyway. Uh, Fuck uh, it, it's fine. Okay, thanks, Io. Doesn't make you excited for the match. No. Tough. I mean, it's it's going to be a good match. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm I'm excited for the match because I like the two competitors in it. Mm. But nothing about the build has really done it. The build was last week. Yeah, it was like you just needed a very quick reminder of that. But I felt that they tried to add meat on the bones when there was enough. Meat. Yeah, it wasn't needed. Yeah, Alice went on to Kushida against Drew Gulak. Ooh, this was a lot better. Yeah, this was um, very similar to the first match as well in being insanely technical. Yes, like really technical, like like a world of sport level of technicality. You know, it was a very British match. I know that's kind of where Gulak's. Kind of skills lie and his style is, mm. but yeah, it's good to. I think this is the the reintroduction of well, not the reintroduction, but the continuing introduction of Kishida as a mm. huh? Huh? this guy. Look yeah. at how la- look at how late this Japanese tie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, he's got many functions, many modes. Yeah, which I like rather than him just come out and doing super kicks and roundhouse kicks. And yeah, being brutal chops and stuff yeah which he can also do which he has also yeah, done also done it is showing that there's a bit more variety mm. which, which most people all they know of Japanese wrestling is Kairi Sane Neo Shirai Shinsuke Nakamura they yeah. just know the the ones that the fed buys yeah yeah. so to be fair this is kind of showing a bit more a uh, bit more strength and depth it's put Drew Gulak over in a big way yeah. I do like how uh, when they're building up Kushida they're not doing it at the detriment of the rest of their roster. No, they're bringing in the side guys. Yeah, I mean, I, but they're not I making would... them look stupid while doing. It. No, no, because I mean, I'd classify Cassisono as kind of a utility player. He's not, the... not in the ba- not in a bad way. Like, He's a Ziggler like of NXT. Like you said while we were watching it, um, he does your induction mm. into this world, and he can kind of just flit in and out. He's doing his stuff with NXT UK at the moment as well. The... In where you need him. Yeah, exactly. He fits wherever you need him to be is probably going to transition into being a producer yeah. at some point along the line. He's a, he's a guy they're never going to need to worry about jumping ship. You know, he kind of fulfills that, that kind of role. Um, yeah, if you if you pay him well and and keep him on NXT, give yeah. him some autonomy yeah. in his role. Yeah, yeah. He's perfect, perfect in the NXT producer's role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I think Gulak is kind of fitting into a similar kind of niche. In the in the him being on two or five live almost makes him kind of an outside guy, if they kind of putting it. Yeah, into them being like all these different brands borrowed him. Yeah. for this purpose because then they can move him back and it's no loss to NXT in the build up of Kushida. Yeah, which I which I like. Yeah, I also don't think it make it's a bad thing when Gulak goes back to two o five because that's a good little spell in Florida. You know, I'm sure they're not just getting him back to Florida and he's not spending some time in the performance centre. Oh, d- yeah, definitely. I'm not saying he needs to train. Not at all. Mm. Not one bit. But, you know, some time off of the road, some time to decamp. Maybe 
test what you're like because he's he's not the youngest guy Gulak is he? I know I don't be thirty. Don't think so. Um, you know, give him some like work experience of what it's like to work behind the scenes as a trainer. Yeah. Consider because they're not they're never going to push him much further than he's already been pushed. He's clearly a great wrestler. Clearly a great talker. Yeah, they should run with the cruiserweight belt. He should he should have a run with the belt before he like kind of falls back into a rhino rhino role. No, yeah. But Which he's is a good never role. you need you need rhinos. Oh yeah. You know, you you need that guy you can just go out there and just put on a good match with pretty much anyone and that's what I think that's the role that Gulak is always going to be able to to fill. It would do a great job. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, oh, like, we're going to have to mention some of the submission moves. Much like Maya Yim had a running theme with her doing, like, turning anything into a pinfall. Yeah. It didn't seem like any extremity or any that would be put out from Gulak to Kushida, <laughs> it would be grabbed onto and it'd be turned into an arm bar yeah, or a, a leg lock. A, yeah, or... ankle lock, like a knee bar. It was just a case of, like, each of them having the other guy's number. And I, mm. I love that story in a match that I've got an answer for you for that it's like you I reverse it into this but it's like ah see I fucking knew you'd reverse it into that <laughs> so use this always ready always yeah. watching and yeah, I, I, I love that story if you've got two guys who are good at telling that story telling it which these two were and then when you know you're at a fixed level of kind of tension in that anything can turn this around but then when Kushida hits something along the lines of that beautiful flying armbar yeah. then he got into the centre of the ring it it makes you stand up mm. it's great I, I love this kind of storytelling yeah. in wrestling yeah in the middle of just the takeover the, the NXT before takeover much like the first match this is a perfect non-title I don't want to say piss break match oh definitely not no not no in any way but somewhat drop the Drop the importance, but keep the quality high. Yeah, yeah. A way of like reward keep... you for sticking around. Yeah, very much so. Like you could have chucked these two matches in, and trimmed some fat off of, off of other matches, and that would have made a fantastic takeover card. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to complain. It was so nice to watch. No, like, yeah, definitely. I Thursday afternoon. I fall at work. Really, <laughs> but... really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, and there was a pin finish. Like we were all expecting a submission finish because of how the match. Uh, played out yeah and because did, of what both of their finishes are yeah you know yeah. you're expecting that hoverboard lock mm. but that's something then you can hold over it if you want to revisit this you know it was a, mm. a shock finish into i think i think was it a pescado i'm not sure what it was, it, like, was. it was like a pin and he like pushed his head through to tuck his shoulders in and yeah. you could tell he wasn't pre- wasn't prepared for it at all it's yeah. very inventive but there was you know, there was no ghoul lock there was no hoverboard lock mm. wasn't that back to the future was teased but... we book it as a submission match yeah and i will pay money oh i'm all over that give it 20 minutes yeah oh god yes please <laughs> yeah d- stick it on 205 live i don't care i'll, is, I'll, I'll watch that on tuesday is kashida the savior of 205 live is he going to be the focal point of 205 Live? They're... Like, you give him the belt straight away and you just have him do what he's done now continually. Because if he's if he's putting over Ono and Gulak and all the people he's having face in NXT, if he does that in 205 Live, people will watch 205 Live. He'll save that brand. I feel like this exact conversation's been had about Cedric Alexander... Just in terms of being the saviour of 205 Live, being the guy with the, the charisma and the exciting style. And he puts other, it makes other people look good without 205 it. Live is always entertaining. It's really good. It's a good show. I don't think anything is going to elevate it. Marketing elsewhere. Do you see them doing that? They could put the cruise away not on the fucking pre-show. That's never going to happen. They need something for the people filing in. They need to, they need to extend it for seven hours. You know, you need to squeeze your seven hours of show in. <laughs> yeah, because need capital Andrew. <laughs> because it doesn't. Because it doesn't matter how many people buy it anymore. Because people have already bought it and yeah. got the network. What matters is how long people watch that show for. Mm. So there's always there's now always going to be a pre-show with your analysis, your video packages, and your two throwaway matches. And if anything's made for throwaway matches, it's. Don't the cruiserweight belt. <laughs> it's the cruiserweight belt. I'm not necessarily saying it's Kushida, but let's face it, when Kushida's time is done, he's going to go up to the main roster, Vince is going to go, who the hell is this little Japanese guy? Can you do a flip? Do a flip. Do go a flip. On. Do a flip. Can you kick hard? 
Of course you can kick hard, yeah. you're Japanese. Yeah. This is just... A, I, I really now feel that this is the way Vince's mind works. It's not new. It's not no, it's it isn't in any new. way a, uh, a revelation. No, but it's just been thrown into especially sharp relief over the past week and a half or so. You know what? I, th- I actually think the tone of this discussion, and much like how we were talking ju- whilst watching this show, mm. it's vastly different to how it was pre-Sunday. Yes. And you kind of watch this stuff and go, doesn't have to be that way. Especially now there's money, infrastructure, production values, arena sellout shows, and I... the future of that stuff that of AEW. I thought we Where might it's... be able to get... Um, through this without discussing AEW, but fuck it. Yeah, it is let's, fucking key let's to do how it. you can keep someone like Kushida, yeah, or you can keep someone like Dream. Yeah. How you? If all, if all we're talking about now is that oh they're really good, they're great. These matches are fantastic. They're great on NXT, um, and then we're going to lose them. But it's not like we've lost them due to injury or retirement or they've decided to become a fucking accountant or a fishmonger. We've lost, we've them, lost because them because they've, they've fallen got into prom- a void. Promoted. Yeah. They've got promoted to what's people's dream jobs. In the biggest wrestling company in the world, with all the eyes on it, with all the infrastructure, mm. th- th- that has to change. That has to change. No, it has to change, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a discussion to be had around diminishing returns in wwe as a big company um from just from a storytelling and moral perspective (sighs) to be had at another time it's not for this podcast that discussion um but it's a valid discussion that i think a lot of wrestling fans are having at the moment Mm. um especially now that like that like we've seen in massive shining lights and actual pyro there is another way. But it's like it's like the, the, the road is splitting. And I and I think it's very much the the, the tone of 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 the like current year. Mm. Like socially, politically, all that kind of nonsense. I don't want to go too far down this rabbit no, no, hole, we, but we, I truly we, believe we it. People are always they're wanting to be on the right side of history, regardless of what side what viewpoints they have. They're tripping over each other to not be seen like the other side. Yeah. They want to be woke in their own way. Yeah. And you've got one promotion that's putting on a fundraiser for victims of gun violence, yeah. they have trans women re- opening their show. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, and this autism friendly and all that stuff. A wrestler have... with a wrestler with a bilateral uh, amputee yeah. doing six one nines. Brilliant. And then you have another company that's taking Saudi oil and blood money. And you like that? I'm putting that in, like as evidence on a on a table, and it's a very clear divide. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. have a divide a divide in wrestling style, everything. Mm-hmm. Before before Sunday, I wasn't convinced it was going to make much difference, but well, I don't know. I don't know. There's too there's too much obvious shit going on in wrestling in yeah. the business side of it. Yeah, it it really seems like it's been set up this way, you know that it's part of AEW's strategy in that we are the walk wrestling company. Oh, and totally. That's what yeah, I mean. People are always we, yeah, tripping yeah, over themselves that we can, to look that way. Yeah, that we can put ourselves on the left of mm. something that is very, very specifically and obviously on the right. Mm. And yeah, it really seems like it's factoring into the strategy. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> NXT, NXT. Mm. And uh, wrestling. I mean, because uh, Wrestling in general. <laughs> because it, because it, that's the weird thing, that in the middle of all of this... There is this little island that is consistently putting on good wrestling with well-told stories, and then at the every two months or so, they'll put on a five-match, two-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view mm. that is full of stormers. Oh, and you cannot and- condense any more excitement, any more brilliance, any more like consistency into out of takeovers. No. So you can any other wrestling show that I've watched. The last takeover show in terms of wrestling quality was better than Double or Nothing. Yeah. In, ter- yeah, in terms there, of yeah. in terms of wrestling quality. In terms of being entertained by the matches as wrestling matches. Oh, any of overall. the people any of the people on this show. Uh, the Forgotten Sons could go into AEW <laughs> and, and have something to do oh, and yeah. compete and really compete. Yeah, that's not a question. Like no, no, the re- but then again, there's so many people on the main roster 
who, if given a better structure and a, a better opportunity, always that O word, and I don't like using it because it's not opportunity. No. Like, it's used in a kayfabe way, oh, yeah, as in because... it's like not their own fucking decision and not their own yeah, re- it reason isn't... why things are ruined. It isn't the land of opportunity any more than Westeros is. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the way that Vince has always wanted WWE to be seen. Mm. It's a TV show. Yeah. View it in the same way as you would view... Um, as you would view Game of Thrones, or you would view uh, Big Bang Theory. Sorry, it was the first comedy that came to my head. Um, <laughs> you view it as a TV show. Don't view it as wrestling. No. But, well, it's a TV so, show about a wrestling show. It's just how, how wrestling isn't wrestling described yeah, yeah, it, which I think yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good way of putting it. So it's like, yeah, okay, we'll hold you up to the same level of scrutiny. You're right in shit. <laughs> it's <laughs> why I find it funny when people are moaning about the ending of Game of Thrones. Right. Which was really good, I think. Side note, don't mm-hmm. want to get into that discussion. Um, but, no, people are allowed to watch something for ten years, eight seasons, read the books. Book hasn't even been released yet. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're not happy with the ending and they felt it didn't go the way that they envisioned it or the way they wanted it to, to be. Mm. Tough. Not Tough yet, shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the, the, the way life is. People gave shit with, uh, with the... the my the good example would be the Triple H Booker T storyline mm. from years gone past, which was beforehand who really set up Booker T to win. He should have won, should have won. Oh yeah, but life isn't fair, and the world sucks. Mm-hmm. So if you want it to be like in some way true to life or real to life, Booker T loses to the corporate man. But yeah, yeah. That's, as that's you would, life. As everyone does. Often, like, ever, people pe- pe- don't... Mania can't be like this year's Mania when you had three big baby face wins. Life sucks and you lose. Jesus. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not always the is, optimist. But at the same time, it is... It, it's fucking wrestling, man. I want to be uplifted by it at the end. Yeah, drag me down, but lift me up at the very end this is the thing not consistent but it's consistently booked like that it's consistently booked in a way that just goes like why do i get enjoyment out of this <laughs> now we're gluttons for punishment and we've still got our network subscriptions and it, i don't know what it's going to take for us to stop watching this garbage i do <laughs> go on then. I'll, t- I'll, 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 t- I'll tell you off the podcast but anyway um <laughs> theories yeah yeah cool um there is we're, feeling match, ti- isn't we're feeling time for this though because this match lasted literally three minutes oh so yeah we definitely needed to uh meander around to make this podcast worth your listen yeah so the main event was uh logan and birch versus the forgotten sons yeah we did miss um, that there was the the promo from cole and gargano but uh, oh, yeah, it's a yeah. network special so I, I we're just going to watch the network special and we'll talk about it on the podcast for takeover, yeah, yeah. because it's gonna, it's an elongated version of what's going to be the the, the hype package. Yeah, so yeah we'll yeah, probably talk about that more on Sunday. It's going to be a half hour hype package, yeah. which is perfectly fine. I mean, the the video department of the of WWE are they're earning their just, wage. They're gods. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, so main event: uh, Logan and Birch versus the Forgotten Sons. It's your boys. Your boys. Yeah. Um, they need a name. I I, I want to give. And Birch. Yeah, one I, two. I, I want them a name. Just one two. Not one and two. They're not Doctor Soup's <laughs> character. <man. laughs> Just call them the bald boys. Anything would be better than, than just Logan and Birch. Call them like the Atlantic Connection or something, can't they? That's fine. It's work. <laughs> no, they've, they've got I'm that, write that down. They they've got, got that thing of them just being like... Like, they're, yeah, they're boring boys that can go. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And it's the way they go like, um, <clears throat> oh, Roddy Birch down a boozer. Yeah, yeah. He's like, like, come he on. Loves a, he loves a pub. Uh, you know, he loves a pint. Oh, Lorcan, ah, uh, Boston, ah, uh, bo- Boston, Irish, he likes yeah, to drink, drink too. too. Yeah, it's like, oh, but, you know what, fill the stereotypes up now, Ro. Yeah, we're good but, for that. But like, yeah, there, there have been the, the, the boring guys who can go before, that's the thing. So yeah, just call attention to something, give them more of an identity than, you are their names. Mm. You're going to be entertained by their wrestling and nothing else. They're, they're two mates and they're good at wrestling, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is great. Well, to be fair, that was Blake and Murphy. Do Not that they were dubstep bellends. They were dubstep they bellends. Were they were dubstep, but yeah, but like it was with just, an evil pixie. With an evil pixie, but I'm I'm thinking more of of Wesley Blake in this match, where like Forgotten Sons are just like we're forgotten. They're just like we're we're a gang of hype lad people. I... It's a very little on top, and it doesn't always work. Okay, out of those three mentioned tag teams, which one's your favourite? Lockham um, and Birch, um, 
Baker Murphy or Forgotten Sons? Which one's your favourite? Um, Logan and Birch, I would say. Exactly. So yeah. sometimes adding on top doesn't... Oh, it doesn't add. Add, actually takes away. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I, get, I get where you're coming from. Um, Either because... way, this match didn't happen, did it? No, uh, um, I mean, Forgotten, just like the Suns, really. Um, uh, first off, Jackson Riker tried to interfere. Um, I, I don't get Jackson Riker as this. Oh, the X Factor there. Uh, yeah, they're treating him like a big guy, but he's exactly the same height. In fact, I think Blake might be a little bit taller. But <laughs> I, I, uh, anyway, he, he interferes. He's the wide guy. He, yeah, he's the wide boy. Um, he interferes, um, gets thrown out by the referee with not as much aplomb as you should have. Nowhere near enough I, little twirls. I want at least ten little twirls of the finger to tell someone they're out. Enough so that the audience can clock it and go, Ooh, he's out! Yeah. No, yeah. he just pretty it. much just pointed to the back. Um, <laughs> Riker gets to the top of the ramp and is jumped by Street Profits. Yeah. Um, after which, um, Undisputed Era come from somewhere and beat up everyone who's in the ring. We're done. Half and half. You know, Cole and Strong came out first and then Fish and O'Reilly came out afterwards. It yeah. gets at some point where it's just carnage. I kind of lost... Track, I lost really. track a little it bit. It was just steel chairs, ladders. Guys with, guys with dark hair and black t-shirts beating up guys who didn't have that. Mm. One thing I did notice that, I've, that I don't know if they'll make a point of, um, they ram-raided Jackson Riker. That and disputed. Yeah, it looked really good. And then they whacked him again. And he was gone. Yeah. Have they written out Jackson Riker from the takeover? Is that Undisputed Era's way of going like... We're the only ones that have people help out. Oh, we're the mob. We're gonna take. We're gonna take out anyone else's mob. Mm. That's that'd be an interesting turn to the story. Yeah, I don't think it was. Go- it didn't seem like it was going that way. I feel like it would have been mentioned if that was the story. Mm. I feel like Mara would have chipped in with. They might have taken Jackson out there for a little time ta- for a little while. I feel like. Cole would have mentioned it in his obligatory, there's a ladder match, so I'm going to do a promo on top of the ladder moment. Which you were calling for I, I literally, long before it happened. I li- literally said just before it happened, oh, this really needs a promo on top of the ladder. Oh, hey! <laughs> hey! There we go. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and one thing I did like about this segment was that um, it brought Roderick Strong into it. Yeah. Which that hasn't been mentioned coming in to, f- from this uh, no, it was in this, that... this episode into Takeover at all. It, it was in none of the video packages. I don't know if that's another holdover from that weird kind of period where they, you know, you had Gargano just coming off his heel run and this dissension in the undisputed era. So I don't know. In in the promo, uh, sorry, in the video package, Adam Cole does say uh, the undisputed era is forever. So that that is a massive red flag for a breakup, isn't it? I was saying while watching this, they've worked us really nicely because the last thing I expect is Roderick Strong face turn. The last thing I want is a Roderick Strong face turn. Two, same. But the last thing you expect is Strong to turn face mm. and, and, and make things right when Undisputed Era are being bastards. Right, yeah. Because it's a TLC match. There's no rules. No, there's that's true. Like, well, there's one rule. Get, get gold get, on rope up yeah. to high. Get up ladder. Get up ladder, get gold. Yeah. Um... So they, why don't they just join in from the first second? Why is this I've a two-on-two-on-two-on-four tag team match? I've never understood that. Why is it a two-on-two-on-three-on-four match? I've never understood that about matches like this. Best TLC match ever. TLC 2, WrestleMania 17, and each team had an extra With their, person. With their corner guy coming in. It was yeah. a nine-person match. Yeah. And it worked because it was balanced. Yeah. It was really balanced. But again, that didn't start with them all in the match at the same time. They came One in, in, yeah, yeah, they all came in. Yeah, but you're right. If there's no rules in a match, just bring your boys out. Yeah. If you got boys, use them. Yeah, totally. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe that's what we'll see. Maybe that's what we'll see on Saturday. Maybe. But, but bear in mind that the rest of the, of the Indisputed Era, they have their own matches as well. And this, this so is you can probably out... going to be on last. Yeah, so you can take Roderick Strong out... By having him lose his match with Riddle, being yeah. injured with a knee, you know you can take out. Um, I don't. Do you reckon the tag team match is going on last? I know. As soon as I said that, I was like, "It's a spectacle, and they are known to put the like uh, the big gimmick match, and also I say gimmick match, the brutal long multi man match last." 
It's like um, the DIY Revival ladder match was on last. Yeah, but the North American title match wasn't. North American title ladder match. Did it open? I think it opened. Did it open? I cannot recall. Yeah, yeah. It might be. It might be. Um, especially considering that Cole Gargano has been given huge promo runs, given its own show. It feels like the main event. Yeah. You know, if, oh, it, it, feels it feels more like the main event. If, that, that feels like it's going on last. And I trust them to bring the energy levels up after whatever goes on before. Yeah. Even if it is like a four-way tables, ladders and chairs match. I'm just wondering what they could do. I wonder what they could do in it because then none of them seem natural in that kind of environment. Um, Fish and O'Reilly do. Fish and O'Reilly well, have Fish, got experience yeah, Fish, doing Fish this. Fish and O'Reilly are. Um, I think the Street Profits will probably we'll go show and what they can that. do. Yeah, I think that this might be their coming out. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'd much prefer it if the Forgotten Sons were nowhere near it. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. Genuinely. Um, I just, I don't. I don't get them. You know, they're, they're, they're a tag team of, of annoyed boys in denim. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said like I said a few weeks back, I'm at least invested. If not entertained, invested. Mm. They forced me to watch it for so long. Yeah. It's the one <laughs> continuing thread of this podcast, which uh, I started this book on, and I've right. now just finished my notebook. Um <laughs> And the most common word written in this notebook is forgotten sons. Really? Uh, see, I, I can't think of them episode, being that all over it. Every episode that I have um, done this podcast on, there's, it's been a, a bit, not even just little bits, big segments on the forgotten sons. Full matches. That's weird. Because I've watched every episode, just about, and I can't recall them being there for most of it. Yeah, and it's That's most of it, good. and most of it has been with around Lorcan and Birch as well. It might just be the episodes that I've recorded. Could well be. And the continuity you've gotten using one notebook. I've been, yeah. on, th- I've been on three po- podcasts of of the. I've been on three NXT Generation podcasts. This is my. Third notebook in which notes have appeared. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a that's a stationary issue. That's logistics I, as opposed to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's not your fault. Son. It's definitely not Chris's fault. <laughs> I'm not passing the blame. <laughs> but no. Oh yeah, I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure it'll be great. I hope it brings out the best. It'll, I think it'll bring out the best in the street profits. I agree with it will, you. Definitely. And I hope the same for Lorcan and Birch. And I hope the same for Forgotten Sons. Yeah. What, what, can, what can you do? That's what we hope for everyone. Really. Cool. We've got 10 minutes left, so should we do some quick predictions? Yeah, go on then. Wicked. Uh, shall we start with, just in the order of how... And as you know, we'll do it with one we haven't mentioned before. Mm. Uh, Matt Riddle against Roderick Strong. Riddle. It has to be Riddle. He yeah. needs to win. He's, he needs to yeah. win. He, he needs to win. He's on a roll. Um, he's, he's facing whoever wins the Gargano-Adam Cole match. Cool. So we both said Riddle. I'm going to write these down, and yeah. I'm going to ask the other boys, and... Uh, they can. I'm gonna add it to the end of the podcast. Cool. Uh, next up, the women's match. Io Shirai against Shayna Baszler. Baszler retaining. I reckon. It's hard to bet against her. It's mm-hmm. hard to guess. Yeah, I'm gonna say Baszler as well. Uh, the US, uh, the um, North American match. It's Dream against Breeze. I think this is the toughest one to call. Actually, um, do we see? Dream's time in NXT ending. I hope not. I can't see what there's left to do for him with him anywhere. No. Which means it he could. And the same same breath, like I I think if Breeze wins, he'll stay, and I think there'll be something for Breeze. Yeah, I because hope, why else would they be bringing Breeze down? I hope Breeze stays, and it means that they have a, a, an a trilogy feud. and an extended feud. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Cool. So we're, we're both agreeing with the same thing. Yeah. Uh, tag team match. Let's go Street Profits. They deserve it. Are they still the current Evolve tag team champions? I don't know, but I don't think that matters. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying that I think they deserve... It, gold. It's, yeah, yeah, they deserve some NXT gold. Yeah. They're entertaining... They are one of those teams that have just gotten better with each match. 
So, I think I think Gargano's been in the main event as well, and I think the whole thing where uh, the uh, that Cole said about all three of them, uh, all four of them, going to win three matches and they're going to show dominance. I think they're going to show the complete opposite. Yeah, I think it's going to be a complete super against them. Yeah, Antonio Gargano. I think Street Profits. Who do you think is going to win the main event? <sighs> See, my head is going. Gargano, so that's what I'm saying, is winning it. Um, my heart is going Adam Cole. I I want I want to see Adam Cole as NXT champion. I, I want to see the that proper turned up to 11, arrogant, knob, dickhead heel character. Knob. Make, also, me, make me hate you, Adam Cole. Stop saying baby and just make... That, that would be it, though. All he has yeah. to do is stop, stop doing... With the catchphrases. Stop the catchphrase, wind it down... People, they sell too many t-shirts. They yeah. sell too many t-shirts. True. Uh, I I think him having the belt whilst all of his uh, teammates have lost the night before mm-hmm. or lost the weekend before, he will be so insecure. Yeah. He will need them. He will depend on them to be his uh, bully boys, but mm-hmm. he will not trust them at all if they don't win their matches no. at TakeOver. That could be a really interesting dynamic if Cole wins and the other two lose. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, I am super excited to take over. Yeah, take over twenty five. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the first one, just a baby. <laughs> cool. Anyway, Drew, it's a pleasure. Oh, pleasure to talk to you about wrestling as always. Who's in that? Um, first ever takeover. Was that was Dallas so versus Neville main Neville, event? Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway. Sorry, pleasure yeah, as always, Sam. Yeah, cool. Uh, how good can we you, find dude. you on the internet? Um I, I mainly just like use social media to complain to uh, uh, as the customer service as I've said before but you can check out my podcast We Make Things Fight um, <laughs> look for us on Twitter at, uh, at yeah at make underscore fight um, that'll take you the way um, basically myself and my co-host Matt um, we take things and we fight them uh, in our last episode we forced um, National Treasures uh, Tony Hart and Bob Ross to Fight to the death, and we felt really fucking bad after it. So uh, enjoy that. But Bob Ross has the military experience. So does Tony Hart. Does he? Oh, Sam, mm. listen to him, man. They are the same. <laughs> they are the same person. <laughs> they are pretty much the same person. We both they, just they, shocked they each are. other. Yeah, no, they. If they, if uh, Tony Hart's got uh, military experience. I could not put a Rizzler between the two of them. <laughs> I, I would fight either of them, to be honest. I love that that is your measurement of space. <laughs> it's very thin. Oh, They're it's convenient. Like a, oh, it's like a... Tw- oh, about the length of 20 Rizzlers or so. I don't know. <laughs> Are they regulars or are they Kingskins? <laughs> oh, Kingskins, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at SMSMTH. Sweet. Are you going to be around on Sunday for the recording? I don't know. I hope to be. Neither do I. Uh, you might have me. <laughs> you might have Chris Chopping. You might have James Dunn. Who knows? You'll have Who someone. Knows? You'll have someone. We'll always be here for you. Anyway, all the best. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.